Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this lesson from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from the Scriptures will equip and motivate you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. I'm excited about starting this uh, new sermon series today on identity theft, uh, and I'm not really talking about the the personal financial identity theft that takes place. Matter of fact, it's called the number one crime in America today is identity theft, but that's really not what I'm talking about. I want to talk about identity theft and how Satan is doing all that he can to rob us of who we have been called to be as a child of God. And you look around in our culture today, and there's a lot of um, scenarios that are unfolding in front of us, and we wonder, why would someone choose that lifestyle? Why would someone do that when they're involved in a marriage? Why would someone do all these different things that we do? And I'm not going to unpack all the particulars of it, but it really boils down to a loss of identity. Okay? And so we're going to look into God's Word, and we're going to see what it is that God has called us to be and how sometimes we can expose ourselves to spiritual, if you will, identity theft. So today I want to talk a little bit about the risk of that identity theft, and then I want to try to get some how you can restore, how you can protect, and how you can guard against a spiritual identity theft. Now today, primarily, we're going to be talking about robbed by relationships. And um, you've heard me say many times here at Victory Church, actually from our beginning, that life is about relationships, not religion, right? But what I mean by that is a relationship with Jesus Christ, okay? And other other relationships are very important, but we've got to be careful we don't get those out of order, and I'm going to be talking about that in just a moment, okay? So let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then I want to jump into this new sermon series that we're starting today, Identity Theft Robbed by Relationships. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for our time together. Thank you, Lord, for our church family. Uh, thank you for all the ministries that take place in and out of this this fellowship and this church and uh, and the extension of the ministry that's able to take place even around the world with our military men and women that are deployed, and we pray for them. And Father, we ask now that you open our hearts and our minds and help us to receive the word that you've given us for today. And help me, Lord, to be able to share this message in a way that folks can understand, in a way that will expose maybe some things in our life to how we are risking and exposing ourselves to spiritual identity theft. Lord, if there's one here today that does not know you as their personal Lord and Savior, Lord, that's where it all begins. And that's the main focus of this message. And help us, Lord, to discover who we are in you, in Christ Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Everyone should have received a uh, sermon note handout. And, I, and man... <laughs> I really, as I was working on the sermon note handout, I had about four pages of notes for you. And so I thought, i got to cut that out, i got to cut that out, i got to cut that out. So I got it down to a front and back because I want you to get this. 
I want you to get a hold of this because uh, my wife and I got in a long discussion yesterday simply about this topic and about how that is revealed and exposed in our culture and in our world today. And this, this series will help you. Okay, uh, I told someone I, I was doing some counseling this past week and I said, listen, my very best counseling comes on Sunday morning at 1030 when I'm behind that pulpit. I feel that's when I'm at my best with counseling. So this is going to be something that's going to help you. Okay, as a believer, as a child of God, as a parent, as a grandparent, uh, as a sibling, as as a child, as a student, as a teenager. I mean, this is one of those messages that I think are very uh, it's very can be very life changing life transforming when you get a hold of what it is that satan is trying to do and and the identity that god wants us to live up to okay Uh, some folks say well just love jesus and praise god and shout the rafters down and everything's okay well I, i like that also but there's more to it than that and we've got to be aware be aware of satan's devices listen if satan can't get you to denounce the cross cross and reject Jesus, then what he's going to start doing is altering the way that you feel about yourself. He's going to be altering the way that you engage in relationships. He's going to be coming in the back door and trying to really steal your identity of who it is that God has called you to be. Okay? And then he's going to put all these weights and he's going to put all this emotional uh, baggage on you and then you're going to completely lose sight of who you are in the person of jesus christ so that's what i'm going to try to unpack okay this is going to be a four or five week sermon series and we're going to talk about this uh and just try to dig a little bit deeper and see some ways that satan is trying to rob us of who god has called us to be Okay, so we know that identity theft, right? You've heard of the Equifax breach. Nearly half of the of America, half of U.S. citizens' personal information is out there on the dark web. It's been exposed, and it's out there just to be sold and and for it to take place. And we we've heard all of that, right? We see that on the news and we see that on TV. But I want to argue today. And actually, let's look at your notes. What is identity theft? What is it? And Charlie, you're really going to have to pay attention. i got a lot of slides, and I don't know what all I have a slide for, so you kind of help me out on this. Um, so what is identity theft? And I put it in your notes. I put the whole thing in there because I want you to see it. What is identity theft? Identity theft is when someone steals. Get this. Identity theft is when someone steals and controls your personal information and uses it to benefit themselves at your expense. Now, we all know that's done today in one of the, um, with, with financial and personal identity theft out there on the web and the market today. But I want to argue that identity theft is not something that's brand new. It's at the forefront in our world today, especially over the last five or ten years. And it would probably even go back to when the Internet really became uh, introduced and, and really strong. That became a problem But it's always been a problem. I want to argue that identity theft really isn't something new at all. As a matter of fact, Satan has been doing everything he can, seeking to steal and control your identity for his benefit at your expense. You get that? Satan's been doing everything he can to steal 
and control your identity for his benefit at your expense. Guys, if you could discover who you are in Christ Jesus, it would completely transform your life. And I'm going to talk more about that today and in the weeks to come. Our memory verse, and I always try to put a memory verse in my sermon notes for you so you can go home as a family. And this could be a family memory verse that you guys memorize together. This is the first part of John 10.10. Matter of fact, it's John 10.10a, if you will. And it says, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. Let's say that together. The thief comes only to steal and to and to destroy. Now, whenever you think about the thief, obviously that's that's going to be a reference for Satan. Okay, Satan is our enemy. The enemy is not on the other side of the church or the church down the road or anything or some other church in some other denomination. That's not the enemy, right? The enemy is Satan. And he's doing everything he can to steal from us and destroy us and ultimately kill us. That's what Satan's up to today. And what we've got to discover are some safeguards and things that we've got to be aware of that we must place in our lives so that Satan cannot come in and steal that from me. Steal who I am as a person of Jesus Christ. You see, you go back to the garden of Adam and Eve. Satan did not want Adam and Eve to experience the fullness of who God created them to be. So what did he start to do? He got in the mind of Eve, and he started tricking her and and really arguing, playing the devil's advocate, no pun intended there, but playing the devil's, really tricking her to be deceived and not trust in God. Therefore, it led to great disappointment and tremendous heartache for the entire human race. So Satan has been at that demise trying to steal the identity of born-again believers really ever since then. Something I have on the slide in the notes I want you to get. Satan is seeking to steal your true identity. Look at that in your notes. Satan is seeking to steal your true identity and leave us with a damaged and broken identity which continually leaves us unfulfilled and searching for an identity that will fulfill us. Whenever we find ourselves longing and searching and we find ourselves empty of something, it's a pretty good indicator that Satan's been in there robbing and trying and attempting to steal our identity. So I want to try to help you today. Over the next four weeks, we're going to be talking a little bit about that. So here's a question I have for you this morning. Here's the question. Is your identity at risk by being robbed by relationships, okay? That's what we're going to focus on. Some folks try to find their identity completely in relationships with other people. And whenever we're doing that, you are exposing yourself to a real threat called spiritual Identity theft. And I'm going to unpack that for you in just a moment. You may argue and ask the question, though, aren't we supposed to be in relationships? I mean, aren't we supposed to be in relationships? Didn't God design us for relationships? Yes, he did. Right? And I will agree. Yes, we're to love God and what? Love others. 
So yes, we are to build healthy relationships. But the problem is this. We often try to find our identity in our relationship with other people. Now get that. That's the problem. Oftentimes we're trying to discover who we are and find our relationship or find our identity in our relationship with other people. That's when we are at risk. That's when we are vulnerable. That's when we can be exposed. That's when we are at the verge of allowing Satan to completely steal our identity for us. Let me give, give you some examples. Matter of fact, in Ecclesiastes, we're going to look at a man who sought to discover who he was outside of who he was as a child of God. And he did this through many relationships. He found that they left him with nothing. Matter of fact, in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, you look at Solomon. He was the writer of Ecclesiastes. He was extremely rich, extremely wealthy, full of wisdom, which sometimes I question that, but full of wisdom. He pursued a meaning in life apart from the person that God had called him to be. And so therefore he tried to find his identity and his meaning and his pleasure outside of who he was as a child of God. And it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 2 and verse number 1, he said, I go ahead and I'll test you with pleasure and everyone uh, enjoy what is good. But it all turned out to be futile. Now look, if you will, down the latter part of that in verse number 11, he said, I did all these things. And, and Dustin came and read that scripture to us earlier. And he said, I did all these things. And the conclusion is in verse number 11. He says, I found everything to be futile and a pursuit of the wind. Solomon, in searching for his identity in all of these things, the end result was it left him empty. And guys, there are people today in our world most likely, I know it's very true of me, most likely there are people in your family. There are people in your immediate family. There are people that you love that is trying to find purpose and meaning and value and their identity in other things other than in the person of Jesus Christ. And at the end of the day, it's going to leave them empty. They're going to wind up like Solomon. Everything is going to be futile. But you may argue, well, if I can just find the right person, if I can just find the right individual that will understand me, then everything will be okay. Well, I'm going to say that's pretty foolish because we look at a guy that had a relationship with a thousand women. Are you with me? 700 wives, 300 concubines. He was in and out of love. Right? He was in a relationship. Now, I don't know about you, and this is no, no attack on my wife whatsoever, but I've discovered in life that one relationship is difficult enough. Can you imagine a thousand? Hello? Mine's pretty easy, though. Could you imagine a thousand? What was he searching for? He was searching for his identity. He was searching for fulfillment. 
And people may argue, if I could just find the right guy, or if I could just find the right gal, if I could just find the right person who would really understand me, then I would find fulfillment. Then I would find my purpose. Then I would find my real identity. But here's going to be the problem with that. You're going to go from relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship searching for that and you're never going to find it because you cannot find your true identity in some other human being. And I'm going to talk more about that in just a moment. 1 Kings 11, 3 through 4 tells us that Solomon had 700 wives and 300 concubines and his heart was not fully devoted to God. And as the heart of David, his father, had been, he was looking for all of that fulfillment in all of those relationships. Maybe you think, boy, if I just had the right circumstances, right? If I just had the right set of circumstances, things would be different. And maybe you thought that life would be good if I could just get in the right love a love relationship. Now, it is correct that we're all looking for love, right? Every single person in here, every single person that's under the sound of my voice, every single person that's ever been born, God has placed within them a desire to be loved and to love, right? I mean, that's true. I mean, back when country music was country music, Nowadays, country music ain't country music. It's some kind of pop stuff, pop and rap and everything else mixed together. But back in the day, when country music was country music, I like country music, by the way. You remember the old Waylon Jennings songs? Looking for love in all the wrong places. Looking for love in too many faces. Looking their eyes. Da, 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 da. What I'm dreaming of. You guys remember the old country? How many remember that? Yeah, some of you guys do. Okay, that's when country was country, right? That's when country was good. I, I won't go there. But the problem is everybody's looking for love. We're searching for it. God placed it within us to love and to receive and be loved. But let me share with you this. This is the key point in my entire sermon. I want you to get this. And Solomon realized later, after he searched all across the known world at that time, after he used all of his finances and monies to buy and purchase whatever he could get. After he was in and out of a thousand different relationships with all of these different women. Searching for that one person that could bring him fulfillment. At the end of the day, he said it's all empty. But he did discover something. In Proverbs 19 and verse number 22, here's what he discovered. This is key. Okay? This is key. What every single one of us desires is unfailing love. Right? Every single one of us, there's a desire that God has placed in our heart that we would have unfailing love. That we would experience unfailing love you remember um back in the 90s there was a movie and there were a couple lines that came out of that movie that really became part of the pop culture of the 90s 
one of the lines, and you may recognize the movie when I give you this line, one of the lines was, show me the money. What movie was that? Jerry Maguire. Show me the money, right? (laughs) There's another line in that movie that guys have used in their proposals. Well, I don't know if you use this or not. You may have. Tyler, I don't know if you use this or not. You may have. Maybe you got your inspiration from Jerry Maguire. I don't know. But there's another line that has been used in proposals ever since that movie came out. A lot of guys have used it. Matter of fact, I want you to watch this short video clip. And this will kind of give you an idea of what I'm talking about here. Okay? Check out this video clip real quick. Make sure our volume's up. We live in a cynical world. A cynical world. And we work in a business of tough competitors. I love you. You complete me. And I just shut you had me at hello. All right, stop right there. Doesn't that just move your heart? I mean, doesn't that just move you? Isn't that just inspirational? There were two lines, really, that, that have come out of that segment that kind of swept the nation. But the first one is what? When he said what? You complete me. <laughs> doesn't that make every woman's heart melt when you say that? Uh, you know. And then she said, this is what my wife said to me. Yeah. <laughs> You had me at hello, baby. <laughs> right? But you complete me. Right? But here's the problem. We can't expect real-life theology to come out of the movies or out of a country song. Right? We've got to look into God's Word and base our life off of that. And here's what I want you to get. And I think I have this in your notes. I'm not sure if I do or not. Yes, at the very bottom... In your notes, here's what I want you to get. No human relationship is going to complete you. Get that. There's not one. Solomon had a thousand women. And at the end, he said, everything's empty. I can't find my purpose and my meaning and all of this stuff. And God is placed in the heart of every single one of us to have what? It's the key for this entire sermon. Unfailing what? Love. But you're not going to find that unfailing love in your spouse or in any other person. This is key. No human relationship is going to complete you in the sense that it will bring fulfillment and unfailing love into your life. So here's what I want you to get. Turn your sermon notes over. Number one. We risk identity theft when we seek fulfillment through human relationships. We risk identity theft when we seek fulfillment through relationships. Now, the simple fact is that human love, as good as it is, will fail you at some time. Right? Now, let me say this. My wife and I, in this past August, celebrated 33 years of marriage. 
I mean, I put my eyeballs on her when I was in the 10th grade, and I was watching this left-handed point guard play basketball for our varsity basketball team, and I was from Hildebrand. She was from Valdez. Those were two rival schools in junior high. We did not communicate. A, a Hildebrand boy did not go to Valdez to get a Valdez girl or vice versa. If that took place, you got to remember old town rivals. I don't know if they even have that anymore today. Everybody's so sensitive today and what have you, but we had dividing lines and boundary lines, and a Burke County Hildebrand boy didn't cross that line. You didn't come over here and play on our ball teams. We just kept things separated, right? So here I was, a Hildebrand boy, and I put my eyes on this Valdez girl. And let me tell you, every Valdez boy despised me. But I thought, matter of fact, I kind of discovered her when we were on a double date. <laughs> She's like, oh my goodness. I was dating her best friend. She was dating my best friend. We went on a trip to see the lights in McCaddenville. And Ethel, you so help me. You guys ask her after the service if I didn't say this. I pull Ethel aside. We're at McCaddenville. And I said, Ethel, I have got the wrong girl. I'll be dating your daughter here before too much longer. I immediately broke up with Debbie's best friend and then went to her and asked her out. And here we are, 33 years later in marriage. I knew that I had the wrong girl, right? Is that the truth or what? You want to stand up and share anything? No, I'm not going to let you stand up and share anything. Here's what I want you to get. I love my wife. She is my best friend. There's things I share with her that I would never even think about sharing with anybody else. I mean, I love her. And I could not imagine living life without her. I couldn't imagine doing ministry without her. I mean, she really is my rock. However... I do not look to her for unfailing love. Why? Because she's a sinner just like I am. None of us are capable of giving unfailing love. Are you with me? You see where I'm going with this? There's only one that's capable of giving unfailing love. And that is the person, the Lord Jesus Christ. Only through him can we receive unfailing love. So here's what I want you to get real quick. And, man, it's 1130, so i got to start winding this thing down. I want to get through this, though. We risk identity theft. Look in your notes. We risk identity theft. And whenever we fail to find fulfillment in human relationships, oftentimes we risk identity theft because we think it's our fault. Now, you'll see this played out in the lives of individuals. Somebody will say, well, I love this person so much. If I could just make them love me, or if I could be more of what they want me to be. And you'll see people alter lifestyles. You'll see people alter themselves physically. You'll see people do give away themselves sexually. Are you with me, church? Why do they do these things? They're searching for unfailing love. Are you with me? And they're looking for it and they're at risk because they're searching for it in human relationships. And when they cannot find it in human relationships, they immediately think, well, it must be my fault. I'm the reason. I've got to change me. I've got to change myself physically. 
I've got to go on this massive diet. I've got to go have some surgery. I've got to have some things taking place. Or maybe I need to change my lifestyle. Or maybe I need to do something that I'm not comfortable to do, but I want to do it so I can gain acceptance and love from that individual. You're looking for love in all the wrong places. Are you with me, church? You're, you're at risk of your identity being stolen by Satan himself at your expense for his benefit. He wants to not allow you to have the very best that God wants you to have for your life because you're looking for that unfailing love in other human beings. And when that fails, then you turn it on yourself and you think, this must be my fault. As a matter of fact, there's a biblical example of this, and it's Samson. You remember Samson? And I'm not, I, can't, I don't have time to unpack the whole story, but there's your reference. I think I have the reference for it in your notes. I do. Study that. Look at that. You'll find he laid his head in Delilah's lap, and, and she said, Samson, where do you get your strength? And he lied to her several different times, and finally, one time, he finally told her the truth. And he lost his strength. In our scenario, he lost his identity because he placed it in Delilah. Are you with me, guys? That happens all the time. And it can be in relationships with a child and a parent. It can be in relationships with a girlfriend, boyfriend. It can be in relationships with a husband and a wife. And they're searching and expecting all these expectations from these people searching for unfailing love. And they're going to go from relationship to relationship to relationship searching for it. And when they cannot find it, they're going to then look at themselves and say, well, it's my fault. Well, in essence, it kind of is because you're searching for it in the wrong place. But you giving them, and I don't know how many teenage girls we got in here or how many young teenage boys we got in here. Or how many young couples that are not married yet do not give yourself away sexually looking for love from that individual because that is not how you get unfailing love. Are you with me? Do not alter your lifestyle in seeking and try to be something that someone pushes and persuades you to be so that you could be accepted by them. You're only going to find unfailing love in the person of Jesus Christ. I'm going to talk about that in just a second. The second thing I want you to see is that whenever we risk identity theft, when we place our, try to find our fulfillment in human relationships and that fails, the second thing is not only do we think it's our fault, but we think it is their fault, you know? So then we look at them and then we start thinking, well, maybe I just need to get a divorce or maybe I just need a, you know, she or he is not fulfilling me and I'm not finding unfailing love in this relationship. So now maybe I need to step out. Maybe I need to get a a divorce, get a new wife or a new husband, or maybe I'll just get something on the side and try to have an affair over here and see if I can find the fulfillment in life. Guys, does that happen in our culture today? I'm just talking about real stuff. Does that stuff happen today? Come on, don't look at me like a bullfrog in a hellstorm. I can't, what do you talk, you know what I'm talking about. It takes place, it happens. Why? Because people are searching for unfailing love in human relationships. And when they fail and do not experience what they thought they were going to experience, that unfailing love, they think it's their fault. Then they think it's the individual's fault. And they go looking for those loves somewhere else. And let me see if I can cut some of this out of here and go on down here. 
Let me share with you here. How do we then recover and restore and protect our identity? And you know what the blank is here. How do we recover and restore and protect our identity? Number one, we must enter into a relationship with who? Shout out out. You know what it is. Jesus, right? We've got to enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And we've got to look to him and him alone for that unfailing love. You see, God is a father who loves us unconditionally. The love that we receive from God is not based on how good of a person we are, on how many good deeds we do or don't do. His love is not contingent on anything that we do. He loves us. The good news is God loves us. The greater news, he always will. It's not based on how good of a person I may or may not be. Our unfailing love that every single one of us is searching for. You remember that? Back on the front page of the notes. What every person desires, Proverbs 19.22, is what? Unfailing love. But the problem is we're searching for that in other places instead of in and through the person of Jesus Christ. Two powerful verses of Scripture in John 3.16. says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 5.8, God demonstrates his own love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Those are amazing verses that show us how much God loves us. If you're searching, and I know you are, because Scripture says that everybody is searching for unfailing love. If you're looking for that, you're only going to find that in the person of Jesus Christ. So, number two then, how do we, uh, going down to the next part. God's love is unfailing, you know that. How do we enter into that relationship with Jesus? We confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead and we shall be saved. Uh, to all who received him, John 1 and 12, to those uh, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. So putting our faith in the person of Jesus Christ. Let me give you the second thing. Number one, enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Secondly, whenever we talk about recovering, restoring, protecting our identity, here's the second thing you've got to do. You've got to forgive those in past relationships who have hurt you. You say, well, he or she don't deserve to be forgiven. Well, they probably don't deserve it. But you've got to forgive or you're going to incarcerate your soul. You need the freedom. You need to be released from that. So whatever hurtful relationship you may have been involved in, you're going to have to forgive if you're going to receive that unfailing love. And what I put in your notes, I want you to get this. It's impossible to find fulfillment and to experience unfailing love when our heart is hard. You know what happens when we don't forgive? We become calloused. We become hard. We become bitter. We become resentful. And how do I know that? Because I have become those things from time to time. Simply because I would not forgive someone who had wronged me or hurt me. And whenever I see myself at that point, I realize I've got to forgive. Because I'm the one that's getting damaged in this. And God's the same is true for you. If you've been in a relationship, and it, it may be a, a marriage or a dating relationship, or it may be a relationship with inside your family, or a relationship with a friend, or whatever those relationships are, and you got hurt in that relationship, you must forgive. I didn't say you're going to forget it. Matter of fact, I don't think there's any way you can forget it. But you've got to forgive. And you don't even really 
even have to go to them and have a meeting and say, I forgive you. Just right now, forgive them. Ask the Lord to give you the strength to do that. And you'll be amazed at how far that can take you down the road. And the peace and the fulfillment and the purpose and the meaning that you're going to rediscover in life whenever you forgive those who have hurt you. Now, what happens if you don't? I put in your notes eight different things that take place. And I'm not going to unpack these. I gave you the scripture reference for every one of them. But if you don't forgive those who have hurt you in past relationship, this pretty much is what's going to happen to you. Forgiveness and bitterness, it can blind you spiritually, impede your prayers, undermine your current relationships, steal from your freedom, cheapen your worship, downgrade your uh, humanity, skew your discernment, and destroy your health. I don't want that for any of you guys. So you know what we got to do? We got to forgive. And we've got to look to the person for that unfailing love that we can only receive it from. And you tell me who that is. The Lord. The Lord Jesus Christ. So, let me ask you this question. Has your identity been stolen? Have you been seeking for unfailing love in human relationships? Do you feel like you're coming up short and... You just can't find joy and purpose and meaning in your life. It's because you're looking for it in all the wrong places. You can only find the person who can complete you, not in a human relationship, but in the person of Jesus Christ. You need confidence? Discover who you are in Christ Jesus. You need courage and boldness? You want joy? You want freedom? Discover who you are in Christ Jesus. Let him be the one you look to. For unfailing love. Let him be the one that sticks closer than a brother. Let him be the one that completes you. Okay? Let's pray together. Father, thank you, Lord, for our time together today. And I'm going to ask the band to come, if you will, please. Thank you for our time together today. And, and Lord, I just pray that this message has been an encouragement to someone. Help us, Lord, to look to you for unfailing love. There's a desire in every one of our hearts that you have placed there for that type of love. And Lord, you are the only one that can fulfill that in our lives. People are looking for acceptance. They're looking for love. They're looking to be understood. Folks are altering their lifestyles, altering themselves physically in and out of relationships, divorce and remarriage, giving themselves away sexually, giving into peer pressure, just so they can receive acceptance and love in that person. And they may find it for a short season. But in the end, as Solomon discovered, it's futile. It's empty. Lord, I pray that You help us individually to look to you and you alone for unfailing love. And then help us to look out to individuals that are in our life that you've allowed our path to cross with, whether it's family members or friends or co-workers or neighbors. And help us to be able to share with them what they're looking for in life. Proverbs 19.22 is unfailing love. And they're trying to discover all of that 
through all these different human relationships of various sources. Give us the courage, the wisdom, the boldness, the love, the compassion to be able to share with those individuals that what they're searching for they can only find in Jesus Christ. And how amazing a relationship with a husband and wife can be when both find their true identity not in one another but when they find their identity in Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that those that have listened to this message today have received the teaching of your word today. Help us to discover who you are. Help us to put you first in every one of our relationships. Help us to look to you for unfailing love. Help us to look to you to complete us because there's a hole in our heart that only the Holy Spirit can fill. Father, we invite you into our lives. We pray you be the Savior and the Lord of our life. And we look to you for unfailing love. In Jesus' name we pray. Well, thank you for joining us for this lesson from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with, or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360, or you can email us at victoryfwb at gmail.com. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials, or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email, call, or send a request to 223 Scott Troy Road, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.